This morning, I, I really want to uh, speak into this faith, love, hope, into this faith, love, hope season. And uh, this morning, I, I want to talk about uh, live big. You know, I, I don't want to be someone that just lives small. Isn't that true? Like, we want to live big in every area of our of our life and I love the statement is that you know a way we live big is through generosity and uh, you notice that generous people always have someone around them do you realize that you know who loves hanging out with generous people 50% of us here some of you need to get out more you know it's good when you're around someone generous like uh, I, I actually love Going to our grandparents, going to the kids' grandparents. I, I love going to Jajush and Talia. I love going there. Why? Because they're generous. My kids love going there because they know how generous they are with food. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, you know, when you go somewhere, you want to go to a place where generosity abounds. And because where generosity abounds, what else abounds? Love abounds as well. And that's what I love it is because, you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to be thinking about what that person had. What you're going to be thinking about is how generous they were. True. Like Friday, my day off, and I've decided to study. And so I've got an assessment due this weekend, 2,000 words, and I thought, Friday, I'll block it out. That's my day. I'm awesome. Takes a little bit longer than a day. But I get a phone call at 3.30 in the afternoon. Hello, Pastor Sam. Hey, how you going? A friend, mutual friend that I know, just talking with him. And he's like, just wondering if you could do us a favor. And my natural response to everything is yes. Anyone else like that? It's like before you actually know the detail, it's like yes. And then all of a sudden you find out the detail. It's like Dave, you know, he's moving you know, two blocks in his house and he's asking everyone to help him move. And everyone says yes, but when you turn up, you realize he hasn't booked a truck because it's only around the corner. So you're carrying everything two blocks. You know, it's like that, that moment. And sometimes if you're a yes person, you rock up and it's like, <laughs> what have I got myself? Anyone else like that? It's like, why did I say, but because you're generous and because you're yes, it's yes. Well, automatically he's ringing. He's like, oh, I've just had, you know, one of our family members pass away. And, um, and I was just wondering whether you could help out with the funeral and just the processions and all the things that we have going on because he's, he's Zimbabwean and, and we've got things we have to do within our culture and just wondering whether you could help out. And I was like, yeah, sure. He goes, oh, that's good because it's at six o'clock tonight. Like, honestly, this is my day. I haven't even showered yet. I'm focused. He's like, well, it's not going to be too much of an issue, is it? I'm like, no, it's all good. It's great. Could you please send me his name? Send me the, send, like, just as much as you can, and we can do it. Sure enough, at six o'clock, I rock up, ready to do this remote uh, funeral or respect like for in their culture and so they're all there they're, they're singing and every it is an amazing thing like I was honored to actually be part of it and he goes oh, I've just got to let you know that it's not white man's time but we're starting at six we started at about seven 
and then went from there. But I looked at that and I sat there and I felt honored to just be a part of it. But as saying yes, it, it made my life bigger. It, it expanded my life, my horizons and my experience. And there come a time where they opened it up around the floor for anyone to say words. It wasn't an organized thing where it's certain people can say things, but it's an open floor. It's a, you know, anyone would like to just stand and, and just speak and just talk about how he impacted and, and so most of them got up and what I noticed is that everyone that got up spoke about how generous he was this is a young guy that had a business he had guys working for him and his life was cut short at 36 but every single person got up and spoke about how generous he was Within their culture, what they normally do is for about a week to two weeks is they, they, they have this morning or this process where they meet together, they pray, they speak, they, you know, reminisce. But here he was in this night where people have flown in from all around the country at this moment, at this time to pay their respect. I got to do a Bible reading and as they start talking about their things and about what they remember, Oh, he was one that, you know, helped me get into the country. He paid for this. He blessed us with this. And, and when it come time for us to pay him back, he would never take a cent. Not once did I ever hear in the statements about what he had or what he had, but just how generous he was. He was someone that lived a big life. And I believe for each and every one of us at the end of our days as, as Christians is that people will uh, start to speak and talk about how generous we were with our time, with our talent, with our treasure, with our encouragement. Is that if we are to live a big life, we are to express ourselves with the love of Christ, with the generosity of Christ as Christ laid himself down for you and I, that we would lay ourselves down for those around us. You know, where the world says, he who gets the most toys wins, God says, he who gives the most wins. Uh, I want to be in that boat that was said of me, is that I was generous in every area of my life. You know, when you get a concept of who you are in Christ, you can't help but be generous. You can't help but go to the next level and, and start to live a life that is big. In 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19, it's Paul. He talks to Timothy and he's telling him basically to tell the church. He says, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. I love that, all things to enjoy. We still enjoy life. Let them do good that they will be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. I pray that we live like this, is that we don't, we're not haughty. Is that we freely give. And when I talk about freely give, it's not of just our finance, but our substance of who we are is that we would freely give our time. 
is that if we are to live a big life, we need to be ones with an open heart. An open heart to let those in, to let others in. And when you let others in, you're enriched by it. Let them do good work. Are you doing good work? In every area of your life, do you do the work of Christ? Do you outwork the purposes of Christ in your life? In every area. In every area. Wherever you see a need, an opportunity. You know, our worldly perspective is distorted. Where right now, the temporal seems like it's eternal. And the eternal appears as though it's non-existent. That's the way the world lives right now. You know, the true product of godly stewardship is eternal treasure. If we're proper stewards of what God has given us, of the life that God has given us, then you know what? The eternal treasure will be eternal treasure. In other words, if we're doing good, someone else finds God, they're in eternity. They're in eternity. They're in eternity. Eternal treasure. The thing that matters to God most is people. The thing that matters to God most is relationship. Relationship with Him and relationship with others. And so sometimes as Christians, why do we withhold from the purposes of God? Well, why do we withhold from those around us the good news that He saved us, that He died, that He set us free? Why do we withhold the generosity that Christ showed towards us? If we are to live big, we are to live generously. We are to live generously. Uh, There's one thing that I find that in living big, big, it takes a kingdom perspective. It means that we need to put his kingdom first. What's it say? It says, seek first the kingdom of God, of his righteousness, and all things will be added to you. Uh, For some of us, it's like, no, no, we've got to seek the things of the world. We've just got to get that next thing. But God's like, you know, if you seek me, everything else will be added. Those things that you can't put a price tag on, they'll be added. You will be blessed beyond your wildest dreams. You'll be blessed. But it it says, seek first. Is that for some of us in this room, we need to start seeking His kingdom, seeking His purposes, seeking His face. We need to pursue Him. We need to look for Him. You know, sometimes if we don't do that, we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll just like settle for second best. Or we'll just settle for that which is not of God. It's like, it's like an illustration. I wouldn't say it's like, but an illustration is like trying to find good coffee. Sometimes you just cannot find good coffee. Like, honestly, in Australia, we're blessed. We do have good coffee. But if you go to other countries, they don't have good coffee. You go to America, they've got nothing on us. They're all talk. Literally. They've got the best of everything. But then you go there and you're like, really? But I remember I had the privilege of taking our whole family there to Disneyland. 
And I, I remember going, and I'd been a couple of years before. And, uh, and I remember as I was packing the kids and Carolina, I said, Carolina, okay, I've just got to prepare you. Because in America, there is no good coffee. There's only one place, and it's in between LA and San Diego, but everywhere else, no, nothing. She's like, you're right. How could America not have coffee? Like, I'll, I'll tell you, it, like, if you've ever been to a truck stop, and they've got that bit out the back, and there's the truckies where they hang, and then there's this black tar, that's American coffee. Like, it is literally black. Like, honestly, it puts hairs on your grandma's chest. Like, that's how, that's, that's how bad it is. But I, I remember, and Carolina's like, no, it can't be. But I, I remember, I'm like, well, yeah, have a coffee, because I'm not having one. Her first coffee, it was like, yeah, that's bad. Well, you didn't believe me, you don't trust me, I'm your husband, I love you, I lay my life down for you, and I told you not to touch the coffee. <laughs> but I, I remember, but I, I know that there was coffee, and, and for me, it's like, you know, I, I know this place. I know that there is a place. Why? Because I've seeked it out once before. Why? Because I, I've looked for it once before. I know where it is. And I said, you know what, babe, we're driving from L.A., to San Diego, and this coffee shop is right in the middle. She goes, well, do you have the address? No. But I know it's there. But that was two years ago. Yet, but there's one thing that I find, is that if you know a guy, you'll always find it. Because a guy had already taken me there, I knew where to go. We rock up. She has coffee. She's like, this is an amazing coffee because it's run by Australians. She looks at me with bewilderment like, I can't believe you remembered this. You are my savior. I love you so much. I know why I married you. And it wasn't because of your body. It was because of your memory and knowing where good coffee. Anyway, that, apart from all that, she was amazed. But the only reason I knew that place existed because I knew a guy. Because I knew a guy. The, the only reason we know the kingdom of heaven existed or exists is because we know a guy. The only reason we can partake of it, we can step into, is because we know a guy. And as you start to seek, you start to ask. You start to ask those around you, you start to ask. And as we start to seek the kingdom of heaven, the way to seek the kingdom of heaven, the way to step into kingdom purposes is through Jesus Christ. It's knowing Him. For us, the local knowledge in seeking the kingdom comes through Jesus. It comes through Him. You know, if we are taking care of God's business as our priority, then He will take care of our business as He promised. As He promises, we need to live big. We need to seek the kingdom of heaven. The second thing in living big is as you seek his purposes and live out his purposes is that you don't settle. Is that we just don't settle. We don't settle for average. We don't settle for the status quo. But we actually settle for the things of God. We, we actually settle for his promises. You know, God has promised to provide for his own and supply every need. 
to each and every one of us, he's called and said, you know what, I will supply all your needs. I'll supply all your needs. Philippians 4, 19, it says, For my God shall supply all your needs according to the riches in glory by Jesus Christ. According to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. Well, what I find by this is sometimes we limit God. Do you realize that? The only limitation that God ever really puts upon himself is us. That's what I find. It's like he waits for us. And, and sometimes the limitation of blessing and the way that things should go is that it comes through our own mindsets. Is that we limit the blessing that God has for us because we settle if we're not careful. You know, his idea of what we need is often different from ours. And his timing will only occasionally, have you noticed, meet our expectations. Anyone live in that realm? You have a promise from God. You're like, God, I've had your word. I've heard the prophecy. I've had it confirmed. It'd be good if it happened today. No one ever had that prayer request with God? It's like, God, I'm following you to the other end of the earth. I'm stepping on, I'm walking out, but God, when's the promise? You know, or sometimes the way we think things should work out actually don't work out the way we think. That's another one. It's like, God, I reckon this would be awesome. But then also God comes through in his time. And who knows that when God comes through and it's not what you think, it's always better. There are time and time again where I step back and I go, God, you know, I probably would have done it different, but you're amazing. And now I know why you're God and I'm not. I had some, no, I didn't, but I know that you're God. But sometimes it's that timing it's it comes in his timing and then all of a sudden he he blows our mind and it's like wow wow yeah you know we might think that our need is riches or advancement in our career or or something like that but perhaps god knows that the only thing that we truly need is just time And then he goes, there, that's what you need. That's what you need. I'm convinced that God is more concerned about what he's doing in us in those times. He's more concerned in what he's doing in us than what we actually get. It's one of those things where he's like, look, you know, I'm shaping you, I'm molding you, your trust, your faith. Just don't settle. Just don't settle settle don't settle for second best it's like choosing between something of original and something that's fake it might look the same it might even taste the same but as soon as you take a bite you know it's an imitation it might be glossy it might come in a nice package but all of a sudden you take hold of it you bite into it and all and it's like oh that's why i don't buy that brand 
Or it's like, you know what, these shoes, they're, they're much, and you wear them, and you're like, after the first date, that's why. Is that sometimes if we're not careful, we settle for less than God's ideal for our life, for what God has, for the promises that He's given us. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things. They will be added to you. You know, to, tomorrow has enough worries. But God says, you know, don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Today is the day. Today is the day that I've made and, and rejoice and live big and be generous and love those around you. But just, just don't settle, just don't pull back, but give more of yourself. You know, it's not a formula to gaining wealth. Let, let me tell you this, it's not a formula to gaining wealth. It's a description of how God works. Generously, lovingly. Jesus taught that our focus should be on God. It should be on God and God alone. And everything else will be added. It'll be added. And the last one is to live big, is to live generously. Matthew 6, 19 to 21, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will also be. Where your treasure is, your heart is. Where your treasure is, where you are, where your heart is, you will be. What, what I find is this, is that when it comes to generosity, it's a heart attitude. It's actually a heart attitude before it's an outward expression. Do you realize that? Is that it's, a, it's an inward transformation before it's an outward transformation. And so when God comes in, you know, he gave his son, his only son, to stand in our place. He, he showed us generosity to the extreme is that he laid his life down for each and every one of us. And, and so where your heart is, your treasure is also. Oh, on that same trip, when we were in America with our, our young kids, I think Layla was maybe five years of age, five or six. And in LA, what you find is as soon as you get off the plane is that you can actually see homeless people everywhere, throughout every street. And what amazed us as a family is that the way that they treated those ones that were around on the streets. The way that individuals would treat them. Walked into one shop and there was one owner chasing one guy out just with a broom. You're not welcome here. Go away, don't come. And this was just a common occurrence everywhere. One's getting moved on from on the street, but... But as we started to look through, I noticed that my young ones started to see these ones and started to ask questions of, Dad, why are those ones sleeping on the street? What, what are they, don't they have a home? Don't they have a family? Don't they have, and started just talking about just why they were the way they were and how life had treated them and, and basically how they'd become to be where they're at. And I remember this moment where we pulled up and, and Layla walks across and there was a guy, he had a sign. And clearly, he was an ex-serviceman. 
And he, he's just sitting there, he's an older guy. And, and Layla comes up to me and she goes, hey dad, do you actually, do you have something? Can we, can we just give him some money? And I was like, oh, Layla, I don't have any cash on us. I've got a card. Has he got an FPOS machine? Like, you know, those, but I haven't got. And she goes, well, you know what? We've actually got food and water in the car. Do you reckon I could just give that to him? Would that be okay? And I just said, Lay, that'd be great. Just go and get whatever you want out of the car and just go and give it. Just go and give it to him. Go and see if he'll, he will take it. And I, I remember the moment where she goes back to the car, she takes the stuff out. She takes as much as she can carry. And it's really just all the food that they had put aside for them for the day, but they, as much as they could carry. And she runs over to this, to this guy and this guy, he's just sitting there, he's an older guy and he's just like, basically what's happening here? Like this young girl and she hands him the food, hands him the stuff. And the guy just has this huge smile. But, but I realized in that moment before, you know, it's an action, it's a hard attitude is that the outward expressions that we have towards fellow humanity and for those around us and for His purposes is an inward decision. And I would ask, is that are we willing to live big lives? Are we willing to see the opportunities around us? And if we have the resources to fill the need, if we have the ability to do something about. And I'm not just talking about resources as way of food or, or money. Maybe it could be a resource of encouragement. Maybe it could be picking up the phone. Maybe it could be walking past someone, seeing that they're disturbed and just stopping what you're doing and walking through and saying, yes, God, I'm here. You've put that person here. I'm just gonna sit and speak with them. The buses might be going past. You might miss your bus. But right there, you're just going to speak with them. Maybe the Spirit of God will start to speak to you. And as you're in that moment, God will say, hey, listen, I want you to do ABC. And you're like, God, you know what? I don't know if I can do ABC, but can I do A? You start to do A and then you're like, God, okay, I will do ABC. Because all of a sudden you're starting to see God come through. You're starting to see that God is using you as the answer, not the limitation. You know, on Friday, I could have said, you know what, I, I, sorry, I have absolutely no time. If I had said no, then I would have missed out on the blessing, not them. I would have missed out on being part of something great. I would have missed out on seeing how someone is celebrated in their culture, in the Zimbabwean culture, how they've spoken of, what they remembered and I pray that each and every one of us are remembered for living big lives. A Russian philosopher once made this statement. They said, bread for myself is a material question. Bread for my neighbor is a spiritual one. I pray that we feed not just naturally, but spiritually those around us. And we invite people into our world 
as we steward what God has given us, as we open our arms wide, as we open our hearts wide, as we open our homes wide, as, as people come in, that they will be fed, not just naturally, but spiritually. That the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, would resonate in their life through your generosity, through our generosity. Tim Keller makes this statement. He says, a lack of generosity refuses to acknowledge that your assets are not really yours, but God's. Refuses to acknowledge. To live a big life, I've come to this realization, is that as I seek kingdom purposes, I realize that everything is not my own. And that I'm just called to be a steward of what He gives me. And in being assured of what He gives me when He says, hey, listen, I want this, I can respond to yes. I can respond to yes. It's just like when I, I give my kids food. I buy them chips or whatever, and I, I just say to them one, hey, Judah, can I, can I have a chip? No. I brought you those chips. Yeah, but they're mine. No. Do you know I can get you more chips? So? No. I know you will anyway. Go get your own. And sometimes we laugh, but sometimes we can be the same way with God. We can be the same way with God. That when we hear the Spirit speaking to us, that we'd be obedient and be good stewards with what God's given us. And who knows? Who knows? You could be the one. No, no. You will be the one if you hear God. You will be the one that will bring the miracle to the one in need. You know what happens when you're the miracle, when you obey God, you come through for God. God uses you to bless someone else. And, and if you say no, he'll get someone else to bless them. So really, it's not a big deal to God. It's more a big deal for us. And as you bless that person that God has spoken to you about, deep down inside, they've been praying for a miracle. They've been praying, God, I, I want to see a miracle. I, I want to see you come through. And, and as and as you come through, as you bring the miracle, as you listen to the voice of God, what it does is it affirms their faith in God. And as it affirms their faith in God, they say, God, you know what? You are faithful. Lord God, you are good. And because you are good and, and because I know that you've come through for me, God, you know what? I, I want to be your hands and feet as well. And that when I have the opportunity, because I know that you're going to bless me, I know that you're going to help me walk through the doors. I know that you're going to grow me in my generosity, in my bigness, in my spirit, is that when God speaks to them, that they'll obey and they'll go and be obedient so that they'll be a blessing to someone else. So when it comes to being good stewards of the life that God has given us right now, how are you stewarding that life? Live big. Live big. Live big. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25. 
says there is one who scatters yet increases more. There is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered. I love it that we have a generous church. That as we sow, you know what? As we sow, we will sow and we'll see a return. But as we water someone else, we'll be watered ourselves. God is faithful to his word. And he will always come true. There is always a portion that is right. If you read scripture, when it comes to giving finances, there's the 10%. But generosity always goes beyond what is right. And I will say this, is that when you live your life, when you walk out those doors, will you live beyond what is right? Will you hold your head up and live what beyond, beyond what is the standard, what is the status quo? So that when people look in, they'll go, you know what? There's something different. And in that difference, they'll see the Spirit.